Pete McCarthy, Tim Britton with another edition of the Metrospective. And Steve Cohen is now closed on the Mets. He is officially the owner of the Mets. And Tim, I'll tell you what, it was really amazing watching New York celebrate uh, Steve Cohen coming in over the course of this weekend. Yeah, just honking, parades, cheering nonstop. It was such a such a wild time to be in New York on Friday and Saturday as, as people so excited for Steve Cohen and Steve Cohen alone, from what I could tell. Yes, that is that is all it was. I never knew there were so many Mets fans, but the, 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 they'll be the it team now, perhaps, uh, in New York. Obviously, a couple things going on there. But uh, it, it was kind of amazing on Friday, as we've talked about in recent weeks. I don't think we expected Brody Van Wagenen to be sticking around. I certainly didn't think he should be sticking around as the general manager of the Mets. And within hours of closing on this deal, boom, Brody's out. Omar Minaya exits the organization. Uh, some of Brody Van Wagenen's hires from a couple of years ago are gone as well. And Steve Cohen, right away, putting his stamp on the Mets. Yeah, I think the the, the moves overall did not surprise me. Uh, you know, I, I think the expectation was Sandy Alderson's coming back. He knows what this organization looked like when he left in 2018. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's used the time basically since the end of September when uh, Cohen said he would be uh, returning as the team president uh, to, to gauge and evaluate where it's gone in the last two years and whether that those have been positive or negative movements with some of those newer people that Van Wagenen brought in uh, in October of 2018. Uh, and so I, I wasn't surprised that they moved on from, from Brody, from Allard Baird and Jared Banner, uh, Adam Guttridge, some of Van Wagenen's top lieutenants. Uh, maybe a little bit that Omar Minaya went as well, but that's, you know, when he was hired back in 2017, uh, that was more a Will Pond decision than a Sandy Alderson decision at that time. I was a little surprised by the speed of it. I, you know, I expected that to happen maybe Tuesday uh, after the press conference that they're supposed to have uh, via Zoom. Uh, I didn't expect it to be just a couple hours after everything went through and then, okay, here we go. This, th- these guys are gone. Um, yeah, but- watch out for those Fridays, Tim. Yeah, apparently. Uh, I used to cover the Red Sox. I know how it goes. Um, you know, I had the little inside baseball stories. I had talked to my, my editor uh, like a half hour before those moves were made. And it was, she had said, you know, maybe have a story ready in case Brody is let go. And, and we, I had been working on it for a little while. And I was I had just pulled it up and was like just typing a little bit on it. Uh, and that's when the news happened. So, uh, you know, it it. Ha- it Caught me a little off guard the speed of it, but the actual news itself was not that surprising to me. And we've broken down Brody's tenure, I think, uh, in previous episodes. But if we're just going to do a quick and a dirty here, there aren't many general managers that you say, hey, you had two years. You, you had enough time to show what you could do. Often that is a position that it takes many, many years for things to unfold. But I will say, in this case, when... His strategy, against the strategy of other people that the Mets could have hired at the time, was to try to win now. Every move he made was with a win now bent, whether that's the trade for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz or the trade for Marcus Stroman. And they didn't win. They didn't make the playoffs in two years. So to me, I think he had enough time because his strategy wasn't a five-year, ten-year strategy. He came in, said, come and get us, and they were gotten. 
Yeah, there will always be the interesting hypothetical of what might have happened longer term had he had more time. I think you look at like AJ Preller in San Diego and Preller's first year and Van Wagenen's first year have some similarities in terms of uh, going all out for the Padres. I mean, he he increased payroll in San Diego in a way that, that Van Wagenen didn't with the Mets with some of his early moves. Uh, and it, it flatlined for them right away. Uh, they kind of shifted after that first season yeah. uh, and, and has, has done a better job since then. Now, well, the, the circumstances Tim, Tim, are Tim, I can't just let you get away with that because, <laughs> look, Preller was able to take some of those veterans that he had and deal them. I mean, turn James Shields into Fernando Tatis Jr. I, I, Brody Van Wagenen <laughs> has never pulled the plug and, and brought in young talent aside from you know, draft picks and things of that nature. You didn't let me finish the point. The circumstances were different uh, and that the Mets were never going to do what Preller did and pivot. Um, they, you know, the Wilpons would never allow that to happen. They weren't going to be able to unload a Robinson Cano in the future. You know, that was a deal that you made and you you knew you were going to have to live with for five years when you made it. Um, and, and so, you know, what I keep going back to uh, when evaluating him is, is you understand it's only two years. I think the only other general manager who's gotten uh, this short a tenure in the last decade is Dave Stewart in Arizona, who was also uh, an agent who came in. Uh, and, and Stewart was worse, I think, uh, made some trades that were just uh, eyebrow raising across the industry uh, with, with the Diamondbacks. Um, but that the job you hired Van Wagen in for two years ago isn't the one that you're going to have moving forward. That job was to to work with Jeff Wilpon, essentially. You know, Brody's statement the other day talked about Jeff Wilpon running the day-to-day operations of the New York Mets. Uh, Jeff Wilpon's not doing that anymore. You don't need someone who has a strong working relationship with Jeff Wilpon to do that. You don't need someone to be the public face for Jeff Wilpon to do that uh, the way Van Wagenen had been in the last two years. Now it's working with Sandy Alderson, who works entirely differently from Jeff Wilpon. Uh, and... Uh, as we can tell now, uh, probably had little interest in Brody Van Wagenen being that number two to him uh, in the front office. Uh, so uh, it, it, I think it's probably, it is the right move, even as it is a quick move. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what segment of the fan base disagrees with it. I don't think it's a large one. I, I did like the rest of your answer there, Tim. That made sense. I'll let you finish next time. I won't go all Kanye on you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Tuesday, look, Steve Cohen, nobody's interrupting him, right? Uh, He'll have his press conference uh, along with Sandy Alderson. It's odd. It's not, it's going to be over Zoom. Uh, You're not going to have a billion cameras in the room and, uh, you know, the the whole spread and and all these kinds of things. The entire Mets front office, or at least who's left in it, uh, being there and and taking the whole thing in. What do you, what do you expect? It's such an odd way to be introduced but look it's 2020 everyone makes their adjustments and then you know what do you think are some things that Mets fans maybe should want to hear from Steve Cohen who to be fair has already been active on Twitter so at least uh, the portion of the fan base that's that's there and following uh, Steve Cohen on uh, on social media has gotten a little bit of a taste of maybe some of the things that he will say. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, you know, I've been talking to to people in the the front office uh, the last you know couple weeks, uh, and and over the last couple of days, I, I keep thinking that I'm going to see them in person on Tuesday, uh, and that's not the case. Uh, it's it's still going to be the same as, as everything else this year. You know, with with Cohen, I've, I've never covered a, a change in ownership like this, so I don't really have a you know I I don't know that I've ever watched a change in ownership press conference or what the the message is usually in those situations. I think. 
we've gotten a, a sense of where Cohen will take it from the statements he's issued over the last week or so, uh, from the 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 interaction on Twitter. Uh, you know, I think he he understands this is the honeymoon period as a Mets owner, and I think to to this point he's he's played on that pretty well. I think you know if if you were coming into this, uh, I think most Mets fans were coming into this already pretty positive on Steve Cohen. Uh, and I, I don't know if you were on the fence if you've liked more of what he said so far. Uh, and I think that's that's what he's going to try to do is tell you that he's going to be aggressive uh, financially in a way that the Wilpons had not been uh, in a long time and that he was going to try to, to make the Mets the team in New York in a way that they haven't been uh, in a while and to be competitive not only in the National League East uh, in a way they haven't in several years, um, but in the National League and in you know four championships overall uh, the way they haven't in, in quite some time. So uh, I think that's the message he needs to get across. And then Sandy Alderson can talk more specifically about that. You know, we've, we've kind of made fun of Van Wagenen's win now and win in the future motto uh, over the last couple of years. And that's because as a general manager, that's a really vague thing to say. And he never really provided the specifics on, on how they wanted to build out that plan. As the owner, you can basically say that we're going to win now and win in the future. Here's Sandy. He'll tell you the plan. And I think that's what we'll hear from, from Steve Cohen on, on Tuesday. And I'm just scrolling through uh, Steve's uh, social media right now. And he's tweeting that the, the Mets will have a fan fest, uh, which is something they did for the first time in a long time uh, last year where the organization put it together. Uh, it just seems that it's going to be more fan-friendly. Uh, one thing that jumped out at me, we talked a little bit in one of the recent episodes about you know, Sandy Alderson was someone who was active on social media when he first uh, joined the team and uh, some other figures in the Mets, and they kind of back off it when it gets negative. You know, Steve Cohen kind of said, like, I can handle the heat uh, in, in one of his tweets of this whole thing and that you know he's not necessarily going to disappear. I, I think that'll be interesting, right? It was almost... Almost like Bobby Bonilla. You're not going to wipe the smile off my face. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how it lasts. Uh, it's always, you know, and he is certainly someone who has, has gotten used to being under uh, an intense spotlight. Uh, and you can imagine that the spotlight here will not be quite as intense ever uh, as it was on him when he was uh, running SAC Capital and they were, they were in the crosshairs of the SEC. So... Uh, well, you know, you can understand him saying that. We'll still see how much fun it is to interact with fans on Twitter uh, during a, a 70 and 92 season or something like that. And as Cohen says, he wants to honor Mets history a lot more. One way that's been talked about is, well, rehire Carlos Beltran now that Alex Cora is back in Boston and A.J. Hinch has been hired by Detroit. Uh, personally, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't get it. I, I think Luis Rojas was fine, and, and maybe that comparison doesn't exactly win here. But this is a win-now team. I'm not that interested in somebody learning as they go at that managerial spot. What, what do you make of it, Tim? Yeah, I, you know, I understand the impulse that you don't want to, you know, you don't want Beltran to be punished beyond what other people were punished for this. Um, certainly, I, I would not be considering him to rehire him as a manager. Um, and I think even, uh, you know, I've seen columns in the New York Post and, and Newsday about not rehiring him as a manager, but bringing him back into the fold, maybe as a, you know, kind of a special assistant to the general manager, the thing he had uh, with the Yankees before they hired him. Um, and my, my one my qualm with that is that, like, what are the qualifications you're pushing for him right now? Because so much of what players talked about when he was hired as a manager, what, what people who were with him in Houston, people who were with him in the Bronx talked about was, oh man, he just knows so much about the game. He's got so much credibility, so much respect within the game. 
and a lot of that is tainted now. You know, it's whereas with Hinch and with Cora, you say there, there's a track record of success that isn't necessarily dependent on what happened in 2017 in Houston. Um, I, th- I think, you know, Cora, maybe you can point, well, 2017 that happened, 2018 the Red Sox had some issues, uh, and then 2019 they didn't make the playoffs. But clearly there was a certain respect level in that clubhouse and in that organization that they wanted to bring him back. Uh, with Beltran, you know, he didn't have that time to build up the good rapport. Uh, it was really just the negative stuff from the day, you know, from two weeks after he was hired uh, into the, the second month when he was let go. Uh, that I just don't know. I understand, you know, one of the best players in Mets history oh, deserves a second chance at some point. I just wouldn't be in a rush to give it to him if I'm the Mets right now. I don't I don't see the, the positive necessarily at that point. I just don't get the obsession. And I, I you know, whether it's Wally Backman as manager, uh, you know, that you have to hire former Mets for some of these key positions. I'm, I'm all about the Mets honoring their history. And hell, retire Carlos Beltran's number. Uh, give him a day. All, all of that is Great. Fantastic. That's the way that you honor your history. I don't need Carlos Beltran managing the Mets. I don't need Wally Backman managing the Mets. I want the best manager available. I don't need the general manager that's going to be hired here to have Mets ties. I I don't care about that at all. I want someone who's going to put together a good team that can win going forward. You don't want Bobby Valentine back as general manager running things going (laughs) forward? I haven't heard his name yet, but but we, we can see. I like Bobby, but I, no, I don't need that. You know, like that, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I just, you want to see the wins going forward, make new Mets legends and then honor them. But they don't have to necessarily be in decision-making roles and things of that nature. Luis Rojas never played for the Mets. Don't care. Win games. That's what I'm going to judge him by. That's what all these coaches, general managers, managers, they're all judged by that eventually, whether they have ties to your organization or not. Yeah, you know, uh, and and the way to to properly honor alumni is like you said, it's it's not with with sinecures in the the organization. It's with statues out in front for for Tom Seaver. It's with uh, retiring numbers of those guys who deserve it. Uh, it's being in better touch with your alumni, which the Mets have improved on in the last couple of years since Jay Horowitz started leading that mm-hmm. uh, that department of the public relations staff. But it had lagged for so long uh, that it, it was really disappointing. You know, you go back to. The opening of City Field and the, the sense that it didn't represent the franchise at all. Uh, you want to you want that jewel of a ballpark uh, and and your team to care about uh, the really interesting and deep history of the franchise a little bit more. And and that's another thing you hope that Steve Cohen, as a lifelong Mets fan, brings as an owner uh, in a way that the Wilpons did not always. Absolutely, and and that has been the biggest thing that I have seen in in these tweets and little things we've seen from Steve Cohen. He grew up a Mets fan. He is going to honor the history of this franchise in a way that the Mets, as you mentioned, have been better at in recent years. But you have to think there are going to be a lot of Mets alumni that will be more welcomed into the fold, will be more open uh, to going back. And uh, that that is something that has to be exciting for Mets fans. So uh, Steve Cohen, he'll have his introductory press conference on Tuesday. We will tape the next episode of the Metrospective that evening uh, to react to that. So we'll have that out either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning for your listening pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with you, Mr. Britton. Especially when I'm on time. Adios, Pete. <laughs>